And so now it's kind of like this bonies versus the heartbeats um, dichotomy that's happening as well, too. That, that would be about. a fantastic name for a band. Can I just say that? Bony and bonies. the heartbeats. Done. Right, not there to the wolves. If you need it, Done. there it is. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. Hey there, Disco Citizens. Welcome to another fine episode of Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry, and this is Julia. This week we are talking about 2013's Warm Bodies. Title of this episode is Exhumed. Tagline for this movie, there's nothing hotter than a girl with brains. Pretty oh, cute. that's Pretty cute. really cute. Cute plan word zombie, zombie puns. Yeah, zombie puns. Uh, mm-hmm. So this movie is uh, based on the novel by Isaac Marion and adapted and directed by Jonathan Levine. I think this movie, you know, right off the bat, we, it's narrated by a zombie. So yeah. like, interesting, different point of view. This is something we were talking about, uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, we talked about last week, which is perception, what something looks like and what it actually is and just how communication is important in all works of life. Yeah, and how hard it is to communicate sometimes when you're a zombie, oh, pobrecito, or when you're something in between, maybe, who knows? So mm-hmm. we've got zombie self-talk and commentary on zombie life, and we get kind of a nice setup into the world of like what is happening in the world at this point, you know? But so, you're getting it from mm-hmm. a zombie point of view, so he can't really remember, which is the fun part, right? He's like, I don't really remember what happened to set like this before. off it's like mm-hmm. is that chemical warfare or like a virus like he's not really sure he can't really remember his own name and it's got that kind of dawn of the dead-esque feeling where you have this group of people that are perpetually at the airport and that's just where they are because that's somewhere they remember being in life right so it's similar to the mall in dawn of the dead so he had but he has a fucking sweet airport a plain house that he has uh, collected all of these knickknacks, uh, including a giant vinyl collection that he has enjoyed as a zombie. I'm like, that's fucking cute. Oh, you love him. I feel like this would be your zombie boyfriend, Julia. Like he's got a hundred percent collection. He's kind of a little emo. He's very yeah. cute. It's all kind of skinny cute. boy. Yeah. Cute, record yeah. collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, checking out, checking all the boxes. I mean, the yeah. dead, the dead bit is a bit of a problem, but the rest of it, I, I'm very, very into. Um, no, you know, but, but he can stay up all night, so hey, um, he doesn't have to sleep, <laughs> so that's got to be nice, right? But we also meet the other kind of uh, next level zombies too, called the Bonies as well, and so we see a juxtaposition of like humans, these uh, other people who have been at the airport, and then the Bonies who are kind of too far gone, and. Um, and then, you know, just, our zombie- but like mm-hmm. bonies are like basically zombies that have existentially given up. Was that the idea? Yeah. Was that they were just like they were done with being zombies and they didn't want to do that anymore. And they just wanted to be these like creatures who's only because the, these people still have some level of humanity because they can obviously like tools and listen to music and stuff. But the bonies are just like zombies, just creatures, just monsters. All they want yeah. is blood and brains and that's it. 
And this particular guy, he says he'll eat, but he's conflicted about it. So he's got a different layer, of even, even amongst some of his other friends, too, where he's like, I don't really like the way I have to survive right here. Um, but, you know, he's at his lair. He's, you know, back and listening to music. And he's got a best friend, Rob Corddry, um, that he hangs out with at the bar in the airport lounge sometimes. And but they, they can't and grunt talk. at each other. They just sit and kind of <laughs> grunt. Uh. It also feels kind of like dudes, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But sometimes y'all just sit and grunt. It's true, right? Don't you remember what was that show, Tool Time, whatever, whatever, Tim Allen, that's all. <laughs> they would literally just sit and do that. So he talks about why they go in packs because they just move so damn slow and they need each other because it's like everyone's trying to shoot them all the time. So it's like we have to go together as a crew. Um, so and we... Mm -hmm. We meet the human encampment, which is run in a militaristic state. They are all within a wall, and we are run by our friend uh, John Malkovich, leading leading humanity. And you go, oh, John Malkovich. He just because he always he's got like that kind of Jack Nicholson thing where like he's always a little bit scary and and crazy to begin with, like like that's base level, right? So like anything His base you add level on is top extreme. of that is already mm -hmm. extreme. Yes. So I was like, uh, I don't know if I want, I love you, John Malkovich. I don't know if you want me to like lead me in zombie apocalypse, but we learned that eight years ago, um, there was, this is, this is how long it's been going on. So this is the humans now who have survived, have learned to, uh, live in this place, but they have to keep doing these scavenger hunts into the city to find different things they need. So right now they have this camp that these kids who are going out to find, uh, pharmaceutical supplies for people who live in the encampment. One of which is Malkovich's daughter, Julie, who is played by Teresa Palmer, uh, who in my mind, and Terry, you know what this means. Uh, looks like if you took Kristen Stewart and Evan Rachel Wood and like mixed them together, mm -hmm. and you would have Teresa Palmer. Ooh, hot! Yeah, yeah. No, she looks like she. She reminds me just a lot of a lot of a little Hayden Panettiere mixed in as well. Okay, um, I think as far as like energy, energetically speaking, but she's lovely. She's like a beautiful little like sun goddess, like this little like you know golden haired like beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, can't believe it's John Malkovich's daughter. You're like, oh my god. Okay, cool. Um, right. She's just, but you she's have just, this feeling of why yeah. she is this the way the way she is, which is the, you know you have to, you know, she could probably if she wanted to play the card where like, oh, I'm Malkovich's daughter. I don't need to go out and go on these rescues, but she wants to prove herself that she can go out there like anybody else. Yep. So they go out on a mission to retrieve all these medical supplies. But the mission, of course, because they're going into zombie land, goes kind of bad. And so they do get attacked. And her boyfriend, played by the little Franco, little um, little Dave Franco, um, who's adorable. Um, but he gets eaten up real good uh, by uh, this boy, this cute zombie boy. Our cute zombie record collector boy uh -huh. ends up eating uh, the Sweet Perry's brains. And in the midst of this moment, though... He uh, takes on some of Perry, uh, little little Franco's like um, memories as he's eating them. Yeah, because this is a really, you know, because we love movies, the zombie movies and vampire movies and werewolf movies, how each one makes their own rules. Mm -hmm. And this one in particular has like sets up this world and explains, thankfully, why everything's happening like it's happening. So he says, if you eat someone's guts, 
you just eat their guts and they'll come back as a zombie. But if you eat their brain, they won't come back as a zombie and you will absorb the memories from their brain. So a new fun concept on zombies. So he gets to see some of Perry's memories and, and including those with Julie. And so when the first time he sees her, she is this goddess, this angel blowing Added the sky. Added layer, right? Because she's yeah. already fabulous. But then it's like the extra layer of like, he's now feels like he knows her more intimately because he's seen her in all these different facets of her life in other ways and sees how like wonderful she was as a girlfriend to this guy. Um, and like even the first time he said, she said, I love you to him and all this stuff, like he gets to see all these like kind of like magical moments in their relationship. And he's like, oh my God, but how is she going to think about me? Because I just ate her boyfriend's brains. This might be kind of mm -hmm. awkward, right? Mm -hmm. But he decides to bring her back to his lair anyway, back on the airplane. Um, he's like, I, and he tells her basically that she freaks out, of course, because she's like, what the fuck? Why am I here? And he's like, I'm not going to eat you. I'm here. just trying to keep you safe. Um, and he gives her some space. You know, once he gets her back there, he's like, I guess I got to give her a little bit of space and let her adjust for a moment. But he mm -hmm. still continues to snack a little bit on these brains um, to see some of the memories every now and again. So he's seeing, you know, um, how Perry, you know, had to contend with his dad, you know, as a zombie and how he shot his, had, how um, Julie actually had to shoot his dad. And there's a whole lot of stuff that went wrong in his life. Uh, but that they are able to connect to the power of music because although he is gaining speech back, which is remarkable for a zombie uh, and something that she hasn't ever seen before, nobody has seen before, but he also is like, I can't tell her how I feel. So he, he puts on Patience by, by GNR, which is, which is very sweet. Uh, and they had played uh, John Missing You by John Waits had become kind of a theme in this movie as well. So he, when he had brought her back to the airport with her, he had put some sort of zombie gore on her face. And the, the zombies in this movie run through through smell so somehow that covers her human smell and they smell dead to her so she was able to kind of zombie her way back to the place like Shaun yeah, of the Dead. Yeah, her how to zombie. Mm -hmm. But she runs uh, and he ends up having to save her from the zombies because she thinks that she can get away and he's like, no, no, they can smell you. They'll come in droves. There's no way you can get out. So she, uh, he has to save her and kind of fight against his own to keep her safe. And yeah, and he convinces her to stay because he also doesn't want her to leave at all. Like, even though he probably could probably help her out right now still. But he's like, I don't know why I brought her back, but I need her. I need her near me. Like, he's, you can tell he's clearly in love with her, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, kind of right from the get-go. So he, you know, basically has – they have, like, a little teaching her how to be a zombie and, and kind of blend in a little bit. But he's like, it's going to take a few days for them to forget that you're here. So why don't you just hang out and we'll, you know, have a fun Which time. So they have a little hungry heart Which montage. Which is totally a lie, though. Like, they, they, he really, they, he could take her back at any time. He's like, but if I tell her that she has to stay a couple of days, then she actually has to stay a couple of days. So they have a very cute falling in love montage. Uh, I love that uh, when he, when she asks him what he likes about vinyl, he says, it's better sound, more alive. I'm like, yes. oh, that's very good. Uh, they have a cute moment where she uh, puts holds up the DVD of Fulci's zombie to his face and like does a comparison. So they're shout, shouting out the the homeboy, our our, our man Fulci. Uh, but just a really a, a kind of an adorable thing where it would be a normal romantic movie love montage if he wasn't a zombie. But yep. she also teaches him how to drive. Yeah. So they have like a lot of fun little stuff where they share with each other. She's like, well, what are we going to do if we're hanging out here? And they figure out stuff to do. Um, and um, 
you know, while Julie goes to bed, eventually one of those nights, uh, R, which he's, he can't really remember his name. All he can remember is the R beginning of it. So they, he, she just calls him R the rest of the film too. And he starts eating more of the brains again and sees more vision, but is rudely awoken because Julie in the midst of all this gets taken away by, um, our Rob Cordy, one of his other friends, um, and they end up having, she ends up having to make a, make a run for it because the bonies also get whiff of her. Um, and his friend tells him he needs to eat her. And he's like, no, this is my girl. Like, I, if she's a friend of mine. I don't want to eat her. Like, I want to be friends with her. And so all of a sudden, his best friend starts feeling a little differently too. And it seems like here and there, they see love happening and they start finding more pieces of their humanity. Reminds me a little bit, I'm going back to like the purge from a couple weeks ago too, like of that like, humanity portion of like when you see when someone else it's like the domino effect when someone else recognizes humanity they can pass it on in another way sure and how you know it's a pay it forward kind of effect but also you don't know what act of kindness you've done your life has a ripple effect on someone else's life which is uh you know something that this is this is takes that kind of idea and it makes it kind of literal that you know mm-hmm. your your warmth and your love can affect other people in this kind of way. So M, who is uh, his best friend Rob Cordry, decides that he is going to help them uh, ram some bonies with a cart and saves them. And uh, seeing them holding hands, R and Julie, is really what you know. And you know, obviously, we get to Romeo and Juliet, haha, very cute. Uh, you know, and Mercutio is in Perry and the whole bit. Uh, but seeing them hold hands is it what didn't really click to me until we get to the balcony later. But I love that. I really didn't. My brain did not even get there yet. I love that you're already. You were already. You're like I'm already here. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, aren't Julie? Oh, cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seeing them hold hands uh, makes them feel human and feel their hearts again. Uh, so he, they end up going to. Uh, they want to need to get out, but you know he keeps telling her like she's trying to get, understand how he's feeling and like how these changes are happening within him, and he's trying to explain like I don't trying to communicate want to hurt her. people, and yeah. I don't, I, but I have to eat. That's something that like I can't stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's trying to figure out like what this kind of new version of zombie is, right? And so as they're kind of navigating it, they have like another cute little moment too, where they're holed up in this like house in the suburbs um, and they find a Polaroid and they take cute pictures of each other and stuff. And, you know, um, he has like, now he has a little thing to hold on to his little memory and he starts getting more, all of a sudden you see a heartbeat activated in him and like, you're like, Oh, so these guys now are ha- having heartbeats where like they were supposed to be dead and he's feeling warmer as, as the movie goes on. Um, and so now it's kind of like this bonies versus the heartbeats um, dichotomy that's happening as well too. That, that would worried be, about. A fantastic name for a band. Can I just say that? Bony and Bonies. the Heartbeats. Done. Bonnie and out there to the wolves. If you need it, Done. there it is. Pretty good. Like I. Uh, he also Bony yeah, M I, like I, tribute band. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know she does she does say that he's a good person though. But so mm-hmm. when her saying that triggers him realizing that he has to tell her that he killed Perry, which he does, and she's like, I kind of already knew that. I kind of hoped that wasn't the case, but I kind of already knew. So when she he wakes up the next morning, he actually goes to sleep at this house with the, they're they're broken into, and sleeps in dreams. And this is the first time that that's ever happened. And he has a dream of them telling him like, "You can't dream. You're a zombie. Of course not." Uh, mm-hmm. So this is he realizes now like that's the big change that's happening. It's something because he always talks about how he misses dreaming. Yeah, because the dead don't sleep, but now he gets to sleep again, which is just a miracle. So um, Julie drives off in in the car until the gas runs out that she's heading back to the fortified 
um, walls of the, um, you know, the, the, the fortress city portion. And so she makes her way back to the fortified city, but of course she gets accosted by the guards kind of outside and they triple double check her to make sure that she's not zombified as she comes in and they almost don't trust her. Um, and our, yeah, they got like, a, mm-hmm. like an R, like laser. an eye test that they do. Mm-hmm. And, but like he wakes up and she's gone. Mm-hmm. So he is very, very distraught. Yeah, and he ambles home, and he feels cold, actually, in the rain. And he's like, "What? how am I feeling cold? I haven't felt that in ever. And he finds his friend M, and they hug, and you see the little heartbeats, but they have a moment. And he talks about, oh, she left. And he's like, bitches, man, which I think is hilarious as they're getting yeah. kind of their speech back, and they have a little combo. Um, he but- says it's easier not to feel. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, that's, you know, the, the the whole time when he's talking this movie about how he wanted to become more human again. And now that he realizes that humanity comes with pain. Yep. Uh, and the member, but his, the, now the zombies' memories are coming back and all of them are changing in this way. Uh, and so they decide that they're going to, they're going to go and tell them, tell the, find Julie and also tell the humans that they're changing and now they can actually talk and right. tell them what's going on. We right. have a badass slow motion gang walk and shot, but they're just zombies ambling. <laughs> so and they also know they're like, they might not take this well, but also they, there's an urgency as well too, because the bonies are not like, are not happy about this changeover because they just want to keep eating and feeding. And so now the, the corpses as they're been dubbed are uh, ambling towards the city, but they need to let them know, Hey, the bonies are coming for all of us. We need to get to fight together to fight this back. So R makes his way because he remembers has all the dreams and memories of Perry. Um, he can, he knows how to get to Julie's place. So he makes his way to her balcony. And then we have the infamous like Romeo and Juliet, like balcony scene. And I was like, Oh, I'm an idiot. I finally get it. I was like, R is Romeo and she's Juliet. M is Mar- Marcus is Mercutio. Okay. And Paris, Perry. I was like, okay. Yeah. And they are of course star crossed because they are, Literally, uh, a, a mortal versus a non-mortal love affair. Um, is this going to work out for them? Um, we'll uh, see. Can I just? Can mm-hmm. we just point out uh, as as Julie's best Nora, friend, the Nora, nurse, the nurse, yeah, mm-hmm. the nurse uh, who is uh, who is played by Annalie Timpton, who, if you'll remember, uh, was on America's Next Top Model. Uh, one of the one of the contestants, and I think that she's excellent in this movie, and I think she does a really good job with it, what could be a throwaway best friend part. I think she does really she's really well. Great. Mm-hmm. This in particular, this scene of of when uh, when R waves at her and she does a sup. This very this very trying to be casual but completely terrified. Yeah, she, there's cute. a zombie in the house. There's a zombie in the house kind of moment. She's freaking out, but she also is won over in this moment too. And then they get to know each other a little bit. And then we get a makeover montage with the pretty woman song, which is super fun because they decide they're gonna keep him to keep him safe. They gotta make him look more alive. So they gotta put some blush on these uh white hallowed cheeks and uh they they clean him up and he looks pretty hot. They're like, Oh, we did yeah. a good job. Like he's yeah, looking he's, good. He's- looking good and you have this fun kind of oh they had to blend her in the zombies and now they have to blend him in with the humans and how is that going to go so the idea which they all know is kind of a terrible idea is that they have to go tell her dad because this is also like the purge right where we talked about where like you have to go tell the dad and like if the dad's not going to go well but she's like you know my dad hates corpses more than anything his his life his livelihood all it is and especially his mother or his wife was killed by a zombie as well that there's no other way to do it because he's the leader and they have to know this war is coming. So they go to see him and it does not go well as predicted. No, 
not no as predicted it does not go great but also Nora's there to be a badass and help in the situation so of course when um Julie tries to tell her dad the Colonel uh Malkovich um that what's going on um he freaks out and as tries to shoot um R as he pops out from behind uh as you know as as he's as she's talking with him and he pulls a gun to his head but Nora comes right around him and badass behind him is like, no, 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 you shoot him. I shoot you. You better calm down. And so, um, R and J run away and they get to, they run off. Um, and the, uh, the, the, the colonel's folks are chasing them. But the thing is they have to go, but ours, like we have to go warn all of my friends like that, you know, what's happening and what's going on so everybody can be ready. Um, and so the bonies are creeping in though too, as they're circling around. But the corpses decide to make a stand and they are going to fight against the, the, the heartbeats. Let's all call them to the corpses. The heartbeats start fighting against the, the bonies. Yeah. And it's, so you have this these moments of the soldiers coming in and seeing what's happening and realizing that the corpses are actually on their side. And this moment of, OK, well, now are we fighting together, I guess? Like, they, you know, it's so uncertain. Uh, so the and Malkovich has to see see it for himself before he's able to really make this uh decision so they uh the rnj are surrounded by bonies and end up falling backwards out into out of the building into a pool he's shielding shielding her with his body and uh they have a, 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 su- a sweet kiss and his eyes change back to normal and you go oh uh and, and then they immediately get shot <laughs> As you do, because it's Romeo and Juliet still a little, we got to have some sort, we have to have a, a, a double fake like death, right? So even uh-huh. as he's coming back to life, of course he has to get shot. Um, but he actually starts bleeding, which a dead person cannot do. When you are truly dead, you cannot bleed anymore. So this is a huge deal. So they like, he's bleeding. Oh my gosh, he feels. And that's the proof finally that gets like Colonel to be like, okay, Things have changed in this war. Like the situation really has completely changed. Um, as the soldiers had been telling him, like the bonies, like are we have to, are the corpses are the heartbeats basically are fighting us with them. Like this whole thing, the structure of this world has just changed again. Um, so they are the catalyst that brings down the walls of the city of the fortification, and they're learning to live again as the world is being exhumed and they're coming back. All the dead uh, are coming back, and I love this little moment where uh, Marcus runs into this girl Emily. <laughs> Where he's trying to open his umbrella, but he's like, oh, I got zombie fingers. Oh, it's difficult to open um, a little <laughs> comedy here. And so she helps him open an umbrella and he's like, oh, you're pretty. And, she, and she's like, oh, thank you. He's like, no, you're supposed to say I'm pretty back. Like, <laughs> so he's, he's a little like, trying to flirt. Socialization. It's very sweet. Uh, it is. It, it is a very sweet ending because, you know, then uh, we have R, R and Julie coming around and now he looks fully human and he's back to, you know, back to life and says, you know, but he still can't remember his name. So we're just going to keep calling him R. So that's OK. So but he doesn't want to be the person he was before either because there was no her. So it's like a whole yeah. new, new life. She brought him back to life figuratively and literally as well. So what a, what a sweet turn on the zombie genre. And I think, you know, after the big spate of, of zombies, stuff that has come out, people got a little tired of it. But I think this is kind of a fresh take on it in a, in a very sweet way. And, and also looking at it from the zombies point of view, which I don't think you really get. No, not really. I, the only time in my brain that I that, that I can I'm thinking about it wasn't in the movie. Is when we read um, the Romero Krauss uh, book, the, ah, the Living yeah. Dead, and that's the only time I feel like we really got like that I remember recently. Like it, you know, in my mind, we watch a lot of zombie movies um, collectively. I think, um, 
you know, like that storyline of like, you know, getting in, in between and getting what's actually happening in the zombie's head is very kind of similar in that of like how they mm-hmm. saw the world differently. And just it's like, okay, yeah. like, I don't want to be this slow thing, but I, I have no choice but to like, take life slowly and like meditate and just, you know, find the music or find the, the small little things that can make you happy in the day because there isn't much else you can focus on, right? It's like right. you only get these small little things. And it seems almost seems in that way as the highlight of that's more human than being human sometimes, like versus sure. the violence of humanity and all that stuff, the juxtaposition of that life. But also the the thought of being trapped in your I mean, we are all trapped in our bodies, like, but like to this to this further degree of like that never ends is that you're going to just be trapped in this body forever and there will never, ever be any rest. And I guess I don't really think about, you know, it depends on the zombie movie, but whether or not zombies think at all, because mm-hmm. I would say, you know, in most movies, it's just the brain itself is gone. You're not that person anymore, right? Like you're not Johnny anymore, mm-hmm. but you are just driven by this need to to feed so i guess i had always pictured the inside of a zombie's brain to be like an animal right to Mm -hmm. be like a bear or something where like all you know is just i need food and that's Mm -hmm. all there is and i you know so to think of it as having any sort of human memory and then in the romero sense right we're like oh i'm going to a mall because i remember something vaguely about it so there's that kind of difference in the zombie brain Mm -hmm. what do you think's inside of a zombie brain oh gosh i don't know i think um I hadn't thought that hard. Like I just, I thought it was more like animal too. Like just like, okay, like now I'm not this person anymore. I just need this thing and I'm just driven by this thing. But now I feel like, okay, now I want to look back. It's just, obviously this one brings more nuance to that. And I love, I do love that. Of just Mm -hmm. like, there is that fine line of like, when do you fully turn? Do you fully turn like the added layer of like, there's another level of like giving up that kind of happens. So it's like these zombies that's driving optimism that kept the corpse version of these guys alive. Um, And what was that? You know, what what trails of humanity um, were there? The fact that those two guys would get together and sit together, you know, it's like, okay, well, somehow we're trying to connect. And I thought this was beautiful. The first, I think it's one of the first lines of the movie is like, why can I connect with people? Was Mm -hmm. I think one of the first things he said. And I was like, this is like for the for the information age, <laughs> all sure. the, with all the connection and all that stuff, it still feels like we miss each other a lot. And so I think that that's, you know, kind of. The well, and and well. I think that's, ob- yeah, obviously, you know, a, a big part of this movie is saying you know, the reason that people uh, became human again is because of physical touch as they saw people holding hands. And like that's something that, oh, this actually physically connecting with people is what makes life worth living, which I think is is a, a sweet moral for, for a horror film. A sweet, a sweet. Um, how do you survive? I guess, I guess you have to love mm. people. Is that what we do to survive this? So uh, am I talking about how I survive as R or as Julie? Because there are two different answers in this right? movie. Well, why don't you okay, do so, Julie? <laughs> okay, so as, as, as Julie, uh, you survive by killing zombies. Like that's your only job, right? And but also then it turns though because then it's like you survive by loving right sure yeah i mm-hmm. mean towards the end but beginning mm-hmm. of this movie as a, somebody who's living in this walls you kill zombies at the end yes love is the answer um for him how do you survive is stay out of the way of humans i guess but you need them to eat so that's the tricky part but he does have his like little hidey hole that he's in most of the time so i'd say he keeps himself pretty isolated how would you survive what oh are my your gosh thoughts? um i would probably just eat i don't <laughs> Eat, eat and find more places to eat. I think um, 
I don't know. If you have that little thread of humanity, I guess, then you just have to figure out how to navigate around people and not get killed, you know, and mm -hmm. try to get as be as fast as you can, even though you're a slow ass zombie, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. So, deep zombie thoughts with Julia not, and Terry. Yeah, this I'm is, like, I'm this like, is what this is. Difficult. A, I mean, you, when you think about the, you know, it's, it's, I think it's similar to a werewolf as well. It's like, what type of werewolf are we talking about? How much humanity is left in this creature? So I think I'd never really thought about what the, is the inside of a zombie brain look like. So this is something, it's, at, it's, it's, it's bringing on questions, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like there are those degrees, you're right, even with werewolfing, because I, I was thinking about that actually, we had a wolf moon not too long ago or whatever. And I was like, or someone had said that. I was like, oh, yeah, wolf moons. Because sometimes there's people who like full wolf out and they don't remember anything. And then there's some people who still kind of remember a little bit about what they've done. So mm -hmm. hopefully you're not a zombie who remembers everything you've done if you do a bunch of terrible things. And if you are, hopefully you're able to get over it if you're out there living zombies. Um, do you want to talk about gore factor, Julia? I would be delighted. Okay. Uh, one, is not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, is a puddle of blood. Three, is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, is a bathtub of blood. Five, is run for the barf bag. This is definitely a five. There is, if you want a zombie movie, there's got to be gore, right? It's going to be go brains. Together. There's going to be guts. There's going to be brains. There's going to be eating of brains. There's going to be blood on faces and bloody, bloody things for sure. Yay. Um, yay. Um, chainsaws, one if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film, three seen worse, seen better, four not too shabby, five fantastical. This is a 4.5 for me. Um, I really like this movie, super sweet. I love a little romance. I'm trying to give you a little romance for this Valentine's month, y'all. Um, <laughs> and um, as we're getting into the spirit um, of loving everyone and, and spreading a little love into the planet, into the universe. Um, so yeah, what do you think, Jules? Well, this movie, you know, I gave it a four and a half as well. And I mm -hmm. think it's because, yes, this movie is about love in a Romeo and Juliet type sentence, right? They're, they are in love with each other. But the movie is more about loving other people and spreading love to others. So I think that that's, you know, a bigger message that most romantic movies don't have. It's a very, you know, usually very insular. And this is mm -hmm. kind of a bigger message, which I think is nice. This is like spread and the love. Yes. Spread mm -hmm. the love and 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 watch your your people around you come alive. It's, it's nice. So, and, and Nicholas Holt is so much fun. His American accent is fucking spot on. And he's just Great. a delight to watch in anything that he does. I'm really glad that he's getting the biggest career that he's, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger. I think he really deserves it. He really seems like someone who enjoys the work and works hard on the characters that he does. He's been turning in great performances for years. So this is a full decade ago this movie came out. So good job. Yeah, amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Only getting better. Thank you guys for listening. Any other anything else, Jules? Can they can you tell our delightful listeners where they can find us on the interwebs? Oh my god, you guys, we are on this crazy new thing called the internet. It is wild. It gets people connected via their computers or their mobile devices. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, on our Patreon slash horror movie survival guide, and you can buy merch at our Teespring store. We love your support. We love hearing from you. We appreciate you so much. Me, Julia, Sierra, we just think you guys are the bee's knees. And we really, really appreciate you guys listening to the show. Um, we'll catch you again next week um, for more uh, gory good times and more love in the air, I think. Yes, yeah? please. And if you feel the love, please do spread the word about our podcast. We love hearing from you about what movies you'd like us to cover. We are open to suggestions and we take them. We, we, we have a list. We look at it all the time. So if you'd like to recommend a movie, we will gladly take a look. And we adore you, dear listeners. Have a delightful week. Get into some shenanigans. 
uh, don't do th- don't do anything I wouldn't do. But then if you do do it, name it after me. <laughs> all right. So basically, we're saying get into all the good Julia trouble. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Horror Movie Survival Guide is independently produced by Terry Gamble, Julia Marchesi, and Sierra Rhine. Hey, that's me. If you would like to support the show, find us on patreon.com slash Survival Guide. Thank you.